Jackson Pollock once said, love is friendship set to music. And I think that that quote perfectly encapsulates what the song Tim McGraw by Taylor Swift is all about. Hi there, and thank you for joining us once again here on Decoding Taylor Swift. This is your host, Cassandra, and we're going to be talking about Taylor's first release song, her first single that was dropped even before her album, and that is called Tim McGraw. It's a ballad about nostalgia and young love that separated, not because they fell out of love, but simply life got in the way along with distance. And the time of their relationship was cut short. In Tim McGraw, we first meet our young lovers on a date. It's later in the evening as the sun is set and the two are looking at the stars. Taylor's love interest gives her a line about her eyes being as beautiful as the Georgia stars. And Taylor responds by simply laughing it off as a lie or what we would call a sweet nothing. A sweet nothing in this context being that whatever one said didn't hold the truth and therefore it was a throwaway line meant nothing, but it was in fact sweet to say, like saying that your eyes shined like the Georgia stars. She then, after giving that line, compares that in the very next sentence to him always getting stuck on the back roads with her. (laughs) This serves as an illusion that The truck had the tendency of getting stuck because he wanted to be alone with her and not really because it was stuck. But then suddenly she puts on the brakes, pun intended. We learn this love ends prematurely as this cruel summer love has a time limit, which is the end of the summer. In the next line, she tells him that she hopes he will remember her and their fun times together, especially when hearing any song by Tim McGraw. Interestingly, she specifically says that Tim McGraw sings her favorite song, but never says that he's her favorite artist, yet she wants every song of Tim McGraw's to remind her muse of her and their time together. While the first few lines of the songs harken back to the beginning of their relationship, the chorus focuses on the memory of what seems like their last night together. She reminds us of the night together that sounds like the most romantic night possible, slow dancing to her favorite song with the moon appearing like a spotlight on the lake behind. Ah, no other picture, perfect romantic scene exists than this one. After their wonderful moonlit night together, they both head off to school in September after that last August night. While she told him to think of their memories together with a smile of nostalgia, she contrasts that with the absolute devastation those memories gave her as she misses him and their love. When Taylor alludes to the mess that she's in, this puddle of tears, It serves the purpose of contrasting the most romantic scene possible with devastation when thinking about that night and him and the memories that they shared. At this moment in the song, we learn that this love took place three years ago and she's looking back at it. And at that time, it appeared too delicate for her to give him a letter she wrote all the way back then. It was three years ago. Instead of giving the letter to him, worried she wouldn't get the response she hoped, she kept it under her bed in a keepsake box. 
It seems like she chose this time to look back on those bittersweet memories because she knows she will at least be driving by his street soon, which she does. And she talks about it. But this time, when she goes down her street, she decides to leave that letter that she never gave him, that letter from three years ago. And ironically, this does portray a newfound confidence. But at the same time, she doesn't knock on the door or make sure that she's there when he's home. And instead, she opts to leave the letter on his porch. But why? Why leave it on the porch for him? Why not just knock on the door? Why go to his home when she knows he won't be there? Perhaps she wants to keep this overly romantic version of them that the truth could possibly make awkward, which would thereby ruin the perfect picture image that she has. We think her need to keep up this romantic story she has has to be the best reason for her not to see him. But instead, leave the letter she hopes will take him back in time to that night they danced together all night long to her favorite song. Because as we know, music has the power to transport us to a time and a place. And Taylor reminds us of that with this nostalgic song. She ends the song with a bookend by repeating the first few lines that kicked off the song. We should keep this in mind to see if she employs this technique with any other songs and to see if their relationships exist between them. Another pattern we look at surrounds the song length in terms of time and the dates Taylor chose to release the songs, music videos, radio singles, whatever. And when it comes to this song, there's a lot of interesting numerology that works rather well. For example, the song is 3 minutes and 54 seconds. We've noticed that Taylor enjoys numbers that add up and multiply to things. She likes special numbers like perfect squares or even cubes. In this case, we see that 50, we see that the 54 adds to 9. And when we add 3 more, we get 12. Or if we multiplied that 3 times 9, we would get 27. 3 squared equals 9, and 3 cubed equals 27. Very interesting. When we multiply all the numbers, 3 times 5 times 4, we get 60. Or how many seconds in a minute, or how many minutes in an hour. The song seems very time-related, not only with the subject matter, but in the numbers that she associated with this song. Interestingly, like I said earlier, we got 12 when we added 5 plus 4 plus 3. And 12, obviously, is the number that represents midnight. And this is all very interesting, considering we are in the Meet Me at Midnight era. So we will need to stick a pin in that to see if perhaps she uses that number 12 to denote time later. The release date of her debut single that came before she released an album has an importance that went unnoticed until now as well. The date, June 19th, 2006, when added together, equates to 24, or how many hours are in a day. If we abbreviate the date and only include the last two digits of the year, we get 22, or the title of one of her songs. Now, if we add 6 plus 19 plus 6, we would get 31, or 13 backwards. And we also need to note that this date has the birth card of the Jack of Clubs. Those born on this date are highly creative with an interest in performing arts and become very successful in their respective careers. <laughs> what a great day to birth her career, wouldn't you agree? Not only do the numbers seem to work out well for this timely nostalgic piece for the radio single, 
but they work well for the music video too. When we added up the date 6 we got 22. And on July 22nd, again, see the 22, 33 days, again, 33 days after she dropped the single for Tim McGraw. 33 days, she dropped the music video that won number one streamed video by a new artist. Interesting note, the home used in the music video housed Johnny and June Cash, which is why the letter Taylor leaves in the music video has the name Johnny in it. I mean, what a nice way to honor people of the past, especially since the home burned down one year later, much like the lover house burned down in the Eras tour. But let's recrap the numbers again. The single dropped on 6-19-06, which adds to 22 or 11 times 2. Three, 33 days later, or 3 times 11, she drops the music video for her first single, and it, that's before the album drops. That date is 7-22-06, 22 being the day it drops, again, the 22. And when we add 7 to 22, we get 29, which adds up to 11. <laughs> this seems very interesting at this particular moment in time during the Eras tour, especially considering the Chinese tradition that 33 marks a transitory year much like midnight does, or like the number 60 transitions us from one minute to the next, or one hour to the next hour, or like 24 hours transitions us from one day to the next. And if you remember, when we add the two and to that 22, we would get 24. So she has associated all of these numbers to this song, Tim McGraw, by chance, or had she planned these things all along? That's for each of us to decide for ourselves. Over here, we choose to believe Taylor Swift and Mastermind who planned this all along and now we're hers. And with that, we thank you here at Deep Dives in Delusion, your best source for Taylor Swift symbolism and commentary. If you want to unravel the mystery of Taylor Swift with us, please make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We go by Wonderland News over on TikTok and Twitter if you'd like to catch us over there. In our next episode, we're going to go over the song, The Outside, because that song was included on a compilation album and was written about the same time that Tim McGraw was written. So if you'd like to hear more about that, you're going to want to hit the follow so you don't miss it. And please do me a favor in the comments, leave me any questions you have or anything that you'd like me to cover and I can make sure to do that or anything that you've seen that I'm obviously missing. I would love to hear what you have to say. So thanks again and I look forward to sharing another deep dive into Taylor Swift with you soon.